Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Friends, I absolutely love the Christmas season. I love watching other people drink eggnog, even though I don't like eggnog. I don't like eggs. I don't like the nog. It just doesn't do it for me. But I love even hearing songs like, last Christmas I gave you my heart, and the very next day you threw it away, you took it away. I don't know the words, but I love the beat. I love just going to the festival of lights and just all that Christmas entails. Even the way you have to clean up so many pine needles after Christmas is over and you put your decorations away. But when I look out in the world today, it really doesn't give me a lot of joy in the Christmas season. Last week we talked about a phrase, you know, that talked about, man, things are going this way. But yet I have another phrase that I think we all can identify with, and it's the phrase, come on. Not this. And so today, even if that's how you're feeling, you may join me there and I join you there. Let's gain some hope from the scriptures, specifically in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 24. Friends, not only do I love Christmas, but I want to tell you about the first job I ever had. The first job I ever had happened to be a camp counselor at a Christian summer camp. Yes, I know. Somebody trusted me with their children. Yes, they did. This was fun, and however, it was stressful at times. It was fun by experiencing new things and getting the chance to lead others, but it was stressful when campers chose to deviate from the plan and to do whatever they desired in that moment. But one great and stressful camper that I remember vividly was my good friend, Antonio. <laughs> Antonio, you see, had a huge crush on a young lady by the name of Paige. And one day, we went on a field trip to Six Flags over Georgia. And I overheard him on the bus ride there talking about how he was going to attempt to hold Paige's hand at Six Flags over Georgia. I mean, this brother had it all planned out. And so we get on the roller coaster called then the Ninja. And Antonio got on that roller coaster. Of course, I'm being the good camp counselor sitting directly behind him. And I noticed him orchestrating and working that plan in action. And so I see him and he says, Paige, Paige, come sit by me. Well, Paige sits by Antonio and the roller coaster began. The roller coaster took a bunch of sharp turns and twists and the force began to work in Antonio's favor because Paige started moving a bit closer to Antonio. I watched him even as he was fearful of all the sharp turns and the ups and the downs. He started smiling and his cheeks were just stretching across his face. I mean, you could see all of his teeth. Well, eventually, Paige was so close to him that in fear, he grabbed her hand. And when he grabbed her hand, they both looked at each other and smiled. <laughs> Friends, but if it wasn't for the twists and the turns, the joy of the hand-holding experience would have never occurred. God, you see, 
will oftentimes use the interruptions and the twists and the turns and the ups and the downs of life to ultimately bring us closer to him. We see this made true in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You see, this text message of encouragement is what I like to call it. It shows us that God is able to encourage us when we need it the most. Although God has many methods of encouraging us, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, God uses people to encourage people. It was Paul who wrote these words in around 51 AD. He writes for the purpose of simply encouraging others to remain faithful to God in the midst of persecution. And he wanted them to know that God always has a watchful eye on his children at all times. God's children were in desperate need of encouraging. Why? Because they were new believers at this time and they were being picked on. They were being played with. They were being persecuted all because of their faith in Christ. These believers needed hope and they needed encouragement. Friends, even now, we may not be new believers or some of us may be believers. There may be even some of you who are watching that you are not a believer right now. Well, guess what? Even if you're not, you still need hope. You still need encouragement. We need something to tell us right now that we're moving in the right direction. We need something right now to tell us that even though we may be virtual, we're still together. We need some hope and some encouragement when we're saying the phrase, come on. Not this. Well, friends, I want you to know that even if you're regurgitating that phrase, come on, not this, I want you to know there are two things that the text outlines for us to do for encouraging purposes. And the first one is this. When all chaos is breaking loose, continue to follow God's will. I want you to listen to the text in verses 16 through 22. It outlines God's will. Because many of us say, well, you know what? I don't know God's will for my life. The scriptures tell you. Here it is beginning at verse 16. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't quench the spirit. Don't treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of devil. That's God's will. Friends, even if you don't know everything about life, if you learn to view life through God's word, then you can follow God's will. Friends, in verses 16 through 22, we notice three gigantic steps in God's will. And they are outlined there really specifically in verses 16 through 18. The first one is rejoice. Learn to choose happiness. The second one, is to pray, always pray. But the third thing is to remain thankful in all circumstances. Friends, we all can get in on following God's will by simply rejoicing, praying, and giving thanks. We remain joyful by focusing on the goodness of life, but here it is, we also remain thankful by focusing on the goodness of God. We can be prayerful by constantly praying in all of life's circumstances, the ups, the downs, the twists, and even the turns. No matter if your prayer is two words or 5,000 words, keep praying. We don't have the luxury, my friends, I know, to remain on our knees in prayer every moment of every day. But you know what you can do? When you see a homeless individual on the street, if you can't give financially, 
you can pray for them. If we see a tragic story on the news or maybe a horrible car crash on I-20, we may not be able to do something to solve that problem immediately. But guess what, friends? We can pray. Friends, in the words of St. Teresa of Avila, she describes prayer like this. For prayer is nothing else than being on terms of friendship with God. To do the will of God, we must pray. But friends, we must also maintain the right perspective because sometimes I can be saturated with so many problems in my life that you know what I can say, God, and I don't really have everything to even be thankful about at the moment. Well, sometimes God has to tap me on my shoulder and say, Joshua, that's a bold-faced lie because you got up this morning, because you, you ate Chick-fil-A when you weren't supposed to. You, had, you, ordered, you ordered pizza the other day when you weren't supposed to. And guess what? For all of that that you have in abundance, you can say thank, thank you, even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of discomfort, even in the midst of destruction, you can be thankful. Friends, I want you to know something, that the right perspective makes the impossible possible. If we remain thankful to God and in all circumstances, this is how even in this unusual Christmas season, we can praise God for being alive to experience it. As we rejoice, pray, and remain thankful, we follow the will of God. And when we follow God's will, we will find it easier to be joyful and thankful. But yet, friends, in the second half of this grouping of scriptures, specifically in verses 19 through 22, we're told that when people communicate truths that come from God, we should not make fun of that person or look down on that individual as if God cannot use that person. But again, we must take their truth and see if it aligns with God's word. We need to see if it is from God or, it is, or if it's from them. Because if it's from God, here's the truth, it will always be in harmony with the word of God. Friends, right now in the midst of our pandemic, we have a lot of YouTube philosophers and social media apostles. And they tell us these different things that we should follow. And some of them are amazingly right and some of them are amazingly wrong. But here's the truth. If by chance you know God's word, then it's hard to be led astray. If by chance you'll take somebody else's truth that you hear on social media and see if it works in harmony, in conjunction, not conflict with the word of God, then by chance you'll know if you need to follow that or not. But friends, I like to tell even myself and my wife and sometimes my dog that the real reason that many of us are so hopeless at this moment is because we're listening to the wrong people and not listening to the one true God. And so maybe this week, even in this Christmas season, we should follow God's will by saturating ourselves with God's word, but rejoicing, praying, and remaining thankful. Friends, a few years ago, when I think about this text, it leads me back to a few years ago that I was California dreaming. I wanted to move to California, and I went there to visit. And I was riding down the street, cruising on the street with my six-fold. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but we were riding down the street in my friend's car and we were going down Highway 5 in California. Highway 5, you see, is a flat, is a flat highway running through long stretches of agricultural fields. And although there are 
Many rest stops and gas stations on Highway 5, they are stretched out over extremely long distances. One day, as I was traveling with my friend down Highway 5, we made a stop. And I told my friend, hey, this is a fine time for us to gas up the tank so we can continue our journey. He said, no, nah, man, we'll be okay. So we got back on the road. And after about 15 minutes of traveling, you know what? The gas light came on. I was upset because all my friend had to do was listen to me. I had the wisdom in that moment. I had the juice in that moment. But he didn't want to listen to me. So what happened? I became nervous. I was angry. I'm talking about I could have punched through that man's door because I was like, all you had to do was listen to me, bro. Well, then <laughs> we kept driving. And he said, Joshua, look in the glove compartment. There's a manual there. And I want you to look inside that manual to see how long we can travel while the gas light is on. Well, I'm flipping as fast as I can in the manual, and I find out that we can travel up to 35 miles after the gas light has come on. <laughs> and literally, the manual assured me and him that we could travel a little further and that everything would be okay. Mm. See, friends, just when you think you cannot go any further and you are about to run out of gas and in life, the Bible assures us that we can go a little further and everything will be okay. Friends, this is what Paul is encouraging these believers as well as us, that even them in this season of persecution that they are experiencing, this hardship that they are feeling, he's telling them in 1 Thessalonians 5, you can make it. Friends, I want you to know that, yes, I know it's December, but we've been in quarantine since March. And yes, sometimes it feels like we are totally out of gas, that we are totally stressed out and we don't know what to do. But guess what? I want you to know if you follow God's manual, that is the Bible, that is the basic instructions before leaving earth, you will know and be encouraged that, yes, you can make it. You can make it right now. Why? Because God has outlined his will, even when you don't know your specific purpose. God has outlined outline his will that we should rejoice in all times, that we must pray in all times, that we should be thankful in all times, that even when we're traveling down the highway fives of life and our gas tank comes on, we can trust that God is awesome. We can trust that God is available and we can trust that God will make it all right. Friends, in the text, we're told and we need to be able to continue following God's will, even when chaos is our norm. But yet, in less than ideal times, Brother Paul also tells us that we must learn to trust in God's helpful peace. Listen to what Paul says in verses 23 through 24. Paul says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you is faithful. And guess what? He will do it. Mm. Friends, many of us have further than I, an idea that is totally wrong. It's just not correct. And that's the idea that God cares about only compartmentalized nice areas of our lives. <laughs> Friends, I want you to know something. You don't have an area in your life that God is not concerned about. You serve, we serve this God, the God who calls us into spiritual relationship with God. But yet, just because God is a spiritual being does not mean that God is not concerned about your mental health. 
It does not mean that God is not concerned about your emotional health. It doesn't mean that God is not concerned about your physical relationships. Friends, to say that God is a God of peace means that God's peace covers all the entirety of our lives. You have to know that God is concerned about our total well-being. See, God being concerned about our total well-being is how God provides for us helpful peace. This peace, it transforms us. This peace saves us. This peace leads us. This peace lifts us past our destruction and lands us right into a relationship with God. In this Christmas season, we celebrate Christ coming to earth to be with us. In the work of First and Second Thessalonians, the theme of these letters center on the second coming of Christ. And although we may not know the exact time and date and second that Jesus will return to earth the second time, we can remain hopeful and thankful that because Jesus came to earth the first time, Jesus is our peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and this helpful peace should motivate us to live lives where we strive for unity, where we strive for peace and empathy, but also reconciliation with everyone. We can trust that the peace of God, the peace that God gives is faithful peace, and that peace is available to us. You see, Jesus is our Emmanuel, and Jesus Being our Emmanuel is the ushering in of helpful peace, and we cling to that hope. We cling to that peace, even as we await Jesus' return. And as I think about continuing to follow the will of God and trusting in the helpful peace that God through Jesus gives, I'm reminded of two painters. Two painters who were in a contest where each said that they could paint a picture of peace. One painter painted this sunset with the sun going down over the calm water. It all looked very nice and serene, and the picture had a very calming effect. The other painter, however, painted a picture of a storm, and in it, the sky was dark, And there was lightning, there was thunder, there was dark clouds. The picture showed the waves crashing against the rocks. Things looked very chaotic. And yet in the corner of the painting at the bottom, there were two big stones where a bird was in the middle of them. The bird was singing, now that's peace. Peace, my friends, is where God's calm and God's tranquility overrules our concern. Friends, Paul encouraged these believers experiencing unprecedented times to stay in step with God. He told them, continue following the will of God, trusting the helpful peace that God gives. Friends, we need to follow Paul's advice because we celebrate the exciting moment where the peace of God entered the world through a virgin named Mary in this season. But may we never forget that the entering of this peace speaks to us right now and our lives today. In these times, may we continue to follow the will of God by rejoicing in all seasons, 
praying at all times and remaining thankful in all circumstances. As we follow God, God extends to us helpful peace through his great son, Jesus Christ. Friends, if you know you do not have that helpful peace in your heart right now, will you pray with me? I admit that I need this peace. I admit that I'm a sinner right now in need of God's love. I believe that Jesus died for me and I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. If you've prayed that prayer, let us know about it. If you stand in the need of prayer, let us know about it. We want to pray with you. You can do both by emailing us at alltogether at spdl.org. Friends, we've heard about doing the will of God where we should rejoice, pray, and be thankful. But there's some people right now who are having a hard time rejoicing, who are having a, a hard time even praying, and who are having a hard time being thankful. And it's because they're out on the streets and don't have the critical needs that they need to war off the germs of this pandemic. And we want to be the hands and feet of Christ at this time. And so we are launching here at Second Punts, a critical care at Christmas drive, where we are going to collect hand soap, sanitizers, thermometers, paper plates, and even paper napkins. And we're gonna give these items on December 19th to the Atlanta Mission. I pray and trust that you will join us. From December, on December 19th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., you can come to Second Punch, drive up with your mask on. There's gonna be someone here to collect those items from you so that we may be able to meet the needs by following the will of God and being concerned about those who need it the most. Friends, I pray in this Christmas season that you are encouraged by my words, but also by Paul's words and by God's word. And as you go throughout this week, please remember this together takeaway. It's this, God's will doesn't change even when life does. Focus on God. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.